Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here with the 344th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, A Look at the New York Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The Falcons are headed up to Florham Park, New Jersey to practice with the Jets on Saturday, Friday and Saturday, and then play them on Monday night. Monday night football. So are you ready for some football on Monday night with the Atlanta Falcons and the Jets? Hey, today we have a special guest with us. and You all know him if you follow the football team. His name's Will McFadden, formerly of the AtlantaFalcons.com website. Uh, Will, thanks for joining us today. And um, share with the fans what you've been up to and, uh, you know, you could tell them that you started your career with one of the AJC uh, verticals. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on, D-Led. And it's it's crazy how obviously I grew up reading all of your coverage of the Falcons and then going to uh, to intern with the AJC and starting, you know, with Dog Nation and SEC Country right when they launched. Uh, it was kind of surreal to see you know you Jeff Schultz at the time, um, you know, getting to work right next to Chip Towers, Seth Emerson, like all these people. I'd grown up reading was was really unique and, and a cool opportunity. And then, as you mentioned, four years with the Atlanta Falcons, atlantafalcons.com, covering the team. Not necessarily the path that I thought my uh, career would take coming out of Grady up at, at UGA, but was a really cool experience getting to kind of see things from the inside while still trying to maintain as much, you know, journalism uh, or journalistic um, objectivity as I could Unfortunately, all of that uh, experience on the inside does jack squat right now because we have a whole new uh, regime in place. I kind of wish that uh, some of those relationships were still there, but that's what uh, that's what makes it fun and, and challenging, right, D-Led? Yeah, no question about it. You never want to burn any bridges there. Um, so, yeah, you try to be as nice to everybody as you can. Uh, but, yeah, so you were at Grady before the sports uh, media program started, correct? Yeah, I was I was there. It started the very very tail end. I think I was a senior when it kicked off, so it was a little little past my time. Okay, yeah, I'm I've been there for seven years. Enjoy working with the the uh, students. Uh, it's the Carmichael Sports Institute now is the new name of it, and um, you know a lot of good students have been coming through there. So hey, let's move on to um, the Jets. You know they're coached by Robert Sala. Uh, you know, same coaching cycle, uh, interview for the Falcons, got the job at the Jets, kind of like the the cycle before where Dan Quinn got the job and, and Todd Bowles got the Jets job. So, you know, they've been on the same same path <laughs> of, of moving in, coaches and so forth. But the Jets have been a little, under a little bit more turmoil. 
But uh, four and thirteen. But a lot of optimism in New York. I heard uh, Brian Costello from New York Post on on uh, Sirius today, and they really like the way that Salah handles the team and how he um, puts positive, uh, you know, things out there in the air for his team. That's clearly uh, on the rebuild. What What are your thoughts on Coach Salah in there? As he he went four and thirteen in his first season last year with the Jets. Yeah, you know, I think. When I, when I look at the Jets, I, they remind me a lot of this Lions team that the Falcons just played in the sense that both organizations are on that same timeline as the Falcons, but they both really kind of started this rebuild, which is a taboo word here in Atlanta, but they started that rebuild last year. And now you're starting to see, I think, some of that optimism bear fruit because a lot of the both organizations are in very different places than I think they were when they made these changes to hire Dan Campbell or to hire Robert Sala. And you're starting to see their uh, imprints a little bit on these respective teams. Robert Sala, obviously a defensive guy. I think the Jets' defensive line is one of the deepest in the league. I I mean, it it really is quality, kind of up and down the depth chart there for their defensive line. And then offensively, when you go with your quarterback in kind of the first year of that rebuild, you're going to want to surround him with talent. You're going to want to maximize that kind of market inefficiency that is a rookie quarterback contract. And I think they've done a really good job doing that offensively while also relying on Robert Sala, uh, Jeff Holbrook, kind of these guys who who know football defensively to get the right guys in here. So yeah, I think the Jets have a lot of reason to be optimistic, kind of like the Lions have reasons to be optimistic. I don't think either of these teams are playoff contenders right now, but it's a really good test for the Falcons to get kind of these two organizations that they essentially started the race with, but took different paths to get here. So I like these uh, two preseason opponents and the Jets are going to be a, a much different test than I think the Lions were. All right. We'll come back to that D-line. We'll look at that in depth when we we'll get to Carl uh, Lawson here. Um, but the second item for us here with regards to the Jets, Zach Wilson got hurt in the exhibition game. Surgery was today. Uh, they deemed it a success. Uh, he's a quarterback. The Falcons played the Jets last year over in London. Um could have, you know, jumped out to a big lead, then held on for, for dear life and pulled out the game. Uh, but uh, that was a Kyle Pitts uh, uh, coming out party type of game, or that one or Miami. But either one, those were two of his better games. Yeah. But um, without Zach Wilson, the Falcons are going to face uh, veteran Joe Flacco, depending on how much they play uh, uh, him. And Chris uh, Strevere, and then Mike White. He's a kid that came in through for that big game last year when when um, Zach Wilson was out. And uh, Brian uh, Costello was saying today that, hey, Joe Flacco looks great in the exhibition season uh, where they're throwing against vanilla defenses, and he knows where the ball's supposed to go all day. So he's cutting up the Jets' defense up there. And if he plays, that'll be a good test for the Falcons if he does uh, – well, he's going to have to play in the scrimmages. Maybe not. He's Well, maybe you're going to see him some. Maybe you're going to see these other two kids. But um, if I'm the Falcons, I would request that I see some Joe Flacco because he, he's going to know the coverages and you're going to be able to teach off of it. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Will, on the uh, Jets' offense and the, the uh, kind of turmoil at quarterback as the Falcons get ready to go practice with these guys? 
I completely agree with you in that I would love to see Joe Flacco out there against kind of these starters. Um, I don't think the Lions did anything tricky last week, but it was very clear that the Falcons had some communication issues on their side, some, uh, you know, assignment lapses that they need to get worked out. And Joe Flacco, like kind of Matt Schaub was forever for the Falcons, just gives you a really high floor, especially in the preseason of competency when he's running the offense. And that, I think, would benefit the Falcons immensely because that's what the preseason is is for, right? It's the on-way or it's the on-ramp to the regular season. You want to see, you know, an efficient quarterback. You want to see a quarterback who's going to take risks. You want to see a mobile quarterback just to give you these different looks to get ready for the for the regular season. So I, I think that Joe Flacco, it would have been fun to see Zach Wilson out there. Of course, you know, you just kind of want to kind of see the, the young rookie um, or not rookie, the young second-year player out there uh, at quarterback. But to prepare the Falcons' defense, Joe Flacco is great. The other two guys, you know, Mike White is a little bit of a similar play style to Zach Wilson, so the Falcons will get a little bit of a test with a quarterback who likes to make some things like happen outside of the uh, confines of the play call. They like to scramble. They like to run around, which the Falcons have gotten a lot of practice against this uh this training camp with Marcus Mariota and, and Desmond Ritter so you know I, I think as Dean Pease would probably say it's more about the Falcons it's more about them doing their stuff right and for that reason I think Joe Flacco is going to be a really good kind of test to go against because he's going to give them you know things that they can work with they're going to be able to get a lot of reps doing probably what they want to do against Joe Flacco so it, you know, I would have rather seen Zach Wilson, but Joe Flacco is not the worst for a preseason game. Yeah, no question about it. Um, the Falcons will will likely face Joe Flacco at some point. So I asked Coach Arthur Smith if it would help the young defense to face this veteran quarterback who came into the league the same year Matt Ryan did. I mean, there's advantages. I mean, every quarterback we face, there's different challenges D-led. So... Um, we'll see what see what they throw at us when we go up there and practice against them, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that could change the first snap of the game. you got to have contingency plans. All right, so I think it was too early in the week. When she thinks about it some more, I'll double back. I think they want to see some Flacco, uh, you know, to get the best work they could possibly get. And I did ask a couple other players. Nobody kind of didn't register or resonate with them. I asked Rashawn Evans and D. Alford. Uh, they hadn't gotten that far clearly in the week when, you know, with a couple more practices before they get up there. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. and We'll see what quarterback will be on hand to uh, take part in these practices and the exhibition game on Monday night. Now, um, they're all excited in New York and, and, and you know, it goes in cycles up there. Uh, you know, it doesn't last long when they get excited, but uh, they're excited right now about this draft class and uh you know for good reason they drafted uh sauce gardner out of cincinnati four they got garrett wilson who um you know out of ohio state who some thought was coming to atlanta at eight but he went to the jets at 10 uh and they drafted running back Brees hall uh out of iowa state who's considered um the top running back in the draft. They got him in the second round at 36. So some, the New York people think they got the best cornerback, the best wide receiver, and the best running back in the draft. And uh, 
They had three first-round picks, and the third one was on, we know who this kid is, Jermaine Johnson II out of Florida State by way of Georgia, who would have made the Georgia number even higher had he not transferred. So he's a, um, and he, he'll come up under our defensive line pass rush deal. We'll see where he's at on their depth chart. And um, they uh, Will, do you know anything about these other guys? Uh, Jeremy Record, tight end, Ohio State. Uh, I watch a lot of Ohio State ball, and I don't remember this young man. <laughs> Uh, Max Mitchell, a tackle out of Louisiana. So that's Louisiana Monroe, so we probably didn't see him either. <laughs> and uh, Michael Clemens, a fourth-round pick, defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. What do you think of the draft class that the uh, Jets put together here? Uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala with this draft class. Yeah, I think the big three that you mentioned, obviously it's tough to beat kind of a, a three man kind of trifecta like that, especially at the positions that they got him, right? Corner, receiver, running back. Those are high profile positions. Even if coaches won't necessarily say if I'm starting a team, I don't, maybe corner would be the one of those three that a team would maybe start with, but usually you, you want to build from the inside out, right? But the, the Jets are kind of, like I mentioned, good on the defensive line. Their offensive line had a pretty solid year last year. So I think there's reason for optimism um, there and and with the moves that they've made to supplement that so far this offseason, which allows them to go give Zach Wilson these weapons, right? Garrett Wilson is maybe the most athletic, purely athletic receiver in this draft class, right? Drake London has the size, has the catch radius, has the contested catch background. Chris Olave, smooth, a little bit more like Devontae Smith, but Garrett Wilson was just the like spark plug. He was just the twitched up, athlete, get him the ball in space, let him do a lot of stuff, almost like Odell Beckham, like that type of player. So I really like adding him to this offense because I think there's going to be a lot of quick passes. And then you've got Brees Hall, who really can stick his foot in the ground, get north and south and disappear. Like he has great straight line speed. So if this team's able to spread defenses out with these three receiver looks, um, you know, create some space for Brees Hall to really attack, I like that as as a little bit of an approach offensively. You mentioned Jeremy Ruckert. I, I don't think he's going to, from day one, be be great, but he is somebody that I thought the Falcons could target maybe in that fourth, fifth round. Um, he went a little bit earlier. He's a decent decent receiver, but not like a Travis Kelsey-type tight end um, at all. But then, so Sauce Gardner on the other side. Knowing how Robert Sala likes to build his defenses, right? He likes to attack with four. He wants to get pressure with his front four, and his defensive line is going to really set the tone if they're able to generate the pressure that he really wants to, that allows a player like Sauce Gardner to be aggressive the way the LSU's corners like to do. Get up in a receiver's face, press him, kind of be a gnat all around him, make some plays on the ball, and generally just kind of dictate to a receiver how the game is going to go. So I, it makes a lot of sense, all of their picks. There are some question marks for every single player that you know I, I don't have to go into because this is not a New York Jets podcast, but... From a uh, kind of an overview, I really like the young players that they've added to a roster that, again, I think is on the upswing. Oh, all right. Yeah, that is uh, – you can't – you got to see them play now, and you got the old three-year <laughs> rule where, you know, you got you want to, um, <laughs> you know, wait to three years to grade them. Nobody ever does that anymore. We got instant grades uh, <laughs> on, on a lot of these guys. So, uh, But, yeah, that's why they're excited. Uh, now we're going to um, 
we, we're going to come back and, and talk about Carl Lawson and the defensive front we mentioned and go over the cuts today as our items number four and number five. But right now we're going to toss to the break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast with special guest Will McFadden. We are going over the uh, our preview in the New York Jets, whom the Falcons will practice against on Friday and uh, Saturday, and then play them on Monday night football at 8 o'clock. So the um, Falcons will practice Thursday. They have Wednesday off. And then they'll go straight to the airport and head straight to, I don't know if they're, they're going into Tito Barrel or uh, Newark, but they, they're flying, pretty sure they're flying private and uh, charter for sure, definitely. Uh, but, yes, I don't expect to see them at Newark International when I'm, I'm landing. Uh, Will, where would they fly? You used to fly with the team. Oh, no, nah, man. They wouldn't let us on charter. I was, we were what? commercial, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's right. I used to see you on some commercial. Okay. Yeah, they – Um. well, that, that that was old school right there. But, hey, anyway, the, um, let's get to the line here. We Will mentioned it earlier about how stout the uh, Jets' uh, front is. And one of their guys is coming back from a ruptured Achilles, and we know him. It's uh, Carl Lawson from Auburn, uh, Milton High here in Alpharetta. He was signed last year to a three-year, $45 million deal and is raring to go. So I don't know how much action he's going to get up there, but he's one of their edge rushers. He's listed number one on the depth chart. But the guys in the middle, Solomon Thomas and Quentin Williams, or, uh, you know, kind of what makes this defense maybe has the potential to be special, they are listing – John Franklin Myers as the other edge. It looks like they're listing a 4-3 nickel kind of combination here with Michael Carter II as a nickel. But uh, staying up front with the line, then the second group, these couple veterans that have been around the block, Vinny Curry, Sheldon Rankins, uh, we know him. Vinny's old Marshall guy, Sheldon. And Vinny's from, from Georgia, Sheldon too. Uh, but, um, you know, they're, he was with the Saints also. Shepard and then Jacob Martin. And then uh, they have Jermaine Johnson listed as the third-team edge rusher behind Lawson and Vinnie Curry. Uh, so, you know, though um, that's where he's at. He's they, he's a first-round pick. He's not going to stay back there long. Uh, and so those are, you know, Quentin Williams and Solomon Thomas, uh, Carl Lawson, and probably Jermaine Johnson is what they're going to play with at, at some point during this season 
So um, would you like to uh, talk a little bit more about how uh, the potential of this defensive front and how it should test the Falcons' offensive line who came off of, a, um, I guess, a, re- a fairly decent performance against the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I think that the starting offensive line, especially, um, you know, frankly, aside from Chris Lindstrom and, and Jake Matthews had that one play that was against Aiden Hutchinson that obviously went viral. Outside of that, I think he did pretty well. But it was it was Kayla McGarry, it was Elijah Wilkinson and, and uh, Matt Hennessy that I thought really played pretty strong. But the key here for the Jets defensive line is, yeah, they've got great starting talent. I mean, the four that, that you mentioned there, if even Jermaine Johnson or... Uh, John Franklin Myers, like take your pick. That's a really, really solid kind of front four for your defense. But again, we're talking preseason, right? So the depth almost matters just as much. And they have maybe the deepest group of defensive linemen in the league. I mean, you look you look down at a guy like Bradley Anay or Anai, who mm-hmm. you know really didn't get a lot of run um, recently, but he was somebody who was pretty coveted as as a little bit of a rusher coming out of college a couple of years ago. Vinny Curry, same thing. Bryce Huff, like these are guys who Jabari Zaniga, like these are all guys that we were talking about in their respective draft classes as as players who could help whatever the team they end up on. The Jets have seemingly all of them, so. I think that this is really going to give the Falcons a solid evaluation just across their depth chart when it comes to the offensive line. Now, you know, knowing or having the thoughts that we have maybe about that depth chart, that may not be the best case scenario for Desmond Ritter, Um, you know, late in the game. I would surely give the advantage to to New York kind of the later the game goes on. uh, Their defensive line will probably have a sizable advantage over the Falcons offensive line or certainly their reserves. But I think that's honestly the case throughout the night because the Jets' defensive line is legit. So just in the same way that the Lions' offensive line last week was really strong and we saw that it gave the Falcons' starting defensive group some problems, I would expect kind of the reverse to happen this time with the defensive line maybe giving Atlanta's offense throughout the night consistent issues. Yeah, and there's a... um... No question about it. that's something to look forward. That's something to look after. That's true because they sure need a test, and that will, um, yeah. uh, you know, you. I don't remember if you were here when the the Bengals came up to uh, play coach Mike Smith's team, and uh, this was this was like 2013. It, it kind of signaled that hey, this is going to be a long season for you. Uh, the Bengals came up here with Geno Atkins and all those guys, and um, they. Uh, they beat the Falcons up. They were 13-0. Me and John Clayton were watching practice together. And, um, you know, the Falcons didn't win one matchup in the one-on-ones. Like, uh, you know, three sets of one-on-ones, they didn't win. Not a one. So, you kind of knew that um, uh, that they did not have a strong offensive line. And it was going to be tough sledding. And sure enough, it was. Uh, and then 14 happened. And then Coach Smith was out of here. So, the inability – to uh, do the line and so forth um, was uh, the downfall there. So, but we got that. We got we we found out early on in training camp during these um, these joint practices. So that that's what mm-hmm. we're going to be looking at uh, if this line can, if they can handle these uh, this tough defensive front. That's going to be telling. I didn't do much on offense other than the quarterback, but let's look at him real quick. Well, one last defensive note: Michael Carter's. Uh, the second, you got Michael Carter running back. You got Michael Carter, the uh, uh, defensive back. And um, 
I met his dad, uh, uh, you know, here in Smyrna a while back. I was like, you got the, he's like, yeah, I'm Michael Carter's dad. I was like, which one? <laughs> the running back <laughs> or the D-back? He's like, D-back. I was like, okay. Yeah, he went to South Paulding uh, High out in Douglasville. Uh, and so he's uh, he's on that defense over there. Will be lining up. He's their top nickelback. Uh, you know, second year in the league, fifth round pick last year uh, out of Duke. So Michael Carr, you got two Michael Cars. So keep your head on the swivel if you're watching on Monday night because you got Michael Carter the tailback and you got Michael Carter the uh, D back. Michael Carter, yeah, I don't have the numbers, but hey, there's another <laughs> tailback for. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me yet, but t- but there's another tailback uh, for the Jets by the name of Tevin Coleman. We remember him uh, on the Super Bowl team. Devontae Freeman, one-two punch there. Get the Falcons all the way to the Super Bowl. A big signing for them offensively was tight end C.J. Uzoma. North Gwinnett High went to the Super Bowl with the Bengals last year. So um, those are some of the offensive names to – uh, look for uh, when they uh, practice and play. So today, uh, our last item here before we wrap up, I'm going to ask Will a couple things uh, uh, at the end here about uh, what he wants to uh, see from the Falcons in the game. But our cuts today, the Falcons went down from uh, 90 to 85. No real surprises here. Tucker Fist, the tight end. Rashard Smith, the linebacker, inside linebacker. Seth Vernon, the interesting punter, 6'5 guy out of Portland State. Big leg. He averaged 44 uh, on three punts last week. So, you know, maybe he still gets a shot somewhere else. Trey Webb, the safety, they were all cut. And then uh, cornerback Cornell Armstrong was put on injured reserve. So that was the first set of cuts and the falcons uh coach arthur smith said hey uh me and terry uh talk terry speaking of terry general manager terry fontenot uh he spoke they spoke with all of the individuals you know they want to um handle their players with dignity and i don't know if this is the group that you tell hey you stay in shape we might come back to you or they might this might have been the group where said hey you know you, you made it to the, uh, this level, uh, you know, might want to move on with your life's work. But uh, sometimes people don't want to hear that. But they, they did it what they thought was, uh, you know, they wanted to do it dignified. And both uh, parties talked to the players as they were being released. So we have uh, the cut to 80 coming up next Tuesday. Uh, that'll be uh, right after the game. Got to 4 p.m., on Tuesday, August the 23rd, and then your final cut down, uh, you know, then they got Jacksonville coming in here next week, and then they'll play on the 27th at 3 p.m., afternoon, Saturday afternoon game, and then um, on Tuesday the 8th, or excuse me, Tuesday, August the 30th, you got your cut down to 53, and because they're so high up on the waiver wire, you know, that 53 is not going to be etched in stone. But your quick turnaround for the practice squad is you have 16 players. You can sign them by um, uh, 12 noon on August 31st, the next day. So you can, you can um, you know, get your, your, your practice squad guys in there, you know, 
fully expect uh, Gerard Bernhardt to be on that list after that big touchdown catch in the uh, opener. Uh, but yeah, those are that's where we're at in training camp. Got two games left. It's kind of the sweet spot, the middle part of training camp, and that's where the Falcons are right now. Uh, we're gonna know a lot about this team over the next ten days. Uh, what today is the sixteenth? Yeah, by the twenty seventh, we're gonna know if they got that lines for real. If that rushing attack was a mirage. Uh, Drake London not expecting him to play, so that's a big part of it. They didn't play. Cordero Patterson or Kyle Pitts at all. Those are big, big parts of the attack. So uh, we, we need to see some of that here before we get going uh, in the season. So, Will, I, last week my questions were, um, can you run the ball? Can you stop the run? Okay, they ran the ball pretty good on that first uh, first drive. Uh, Quadri had some good runs. Uh I'm not a big fan of the scrambling quarterbacks, but hey, that's where we're headed. It looks like, and um, then did they didn't stop the run? DeAndre Swift got out, uh, got out on him. Then they got out on him on a touchdown. So I, I'm giving them a um, A for running the ball and an F for stopping the run <laughs> for last game. So I still want to see those two things. If you can't run the ball and can't stop the ball, it's it's a long season for you. So I want to ask you, what are you going to be looking for? Uh, what do you want to see from the Falcons on Monday night against the New York Jets? Well, you kind of alluded to it a, a little bit, but I would like to see, especially Marcus Mariota, move the ball down the field primarily with his arm. You know, I, I and that's not because, you know, I, I don't like to see him take hits during the preseason. Like we're three weeks away from him taking hits from Cam Jordan in live action. Like it's it's fine if he wants to take some hits instead of going out of bounds. So be it. That's uh, that's his prerogative. I just want to at least see now the two throws that he had on that first drive. I thought were great. The throw to Drake London, honestly, one of the best throws I think I've seen from him since he's come to Atlanta. That was a great throw. The one on on Kaderil Hodge was a little bit low behind him. He's seemingly made some of those throws at least when I've watched him up in training camp the, the accuracy tends to wane a little bit which is exactly why I want to see all right meticulously or meticulously kind of matriculate yourself down the field and run this offense not like Matt Ryan used to because Matt Ryan's is his own quarterback but at least don't just rely on six yard runs when you're bootlegging out when you maybe have an opportunity for a 12 yard pass on the same play I just want to see the decision-making evolve a little bit. And then, I mean, I think until we see Atlanta's starting defense have a solid preseason game, you know, can we at least see that? Uh, they're, they're going to be always kind of my number one thing I want to see on defense is how does this starting defense look against the other team's ones? Because it's that, that needs to get fixed first before we start sitting here worrying about rotation guys coming in, fringe guys on the roster. Like the starters on the defense continue to be on notice, and they will uh, for me as well in this next game. All right, Will. Hey, thanks for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. I want you to tell our listeners here where they could find your work and uh, what what's your plans for the um, upcoming season. Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Will McFadden. Simple enough. Um, my written stuff can be found at the Falcoholic with uh, the great community that we've got over there. And then I am also the host of Believe in Falcons with former Falcon fullback Ovi Mahaley. 
and we will be twice a week uh, throughout the season bringing you all the content uh, that you cannot find here because there's great content here. So we're not even competing with D-Led. We're, we're fighting for the scraps below the table. Um, but if you guys like scraps, come uh, come on over and listen to us. Well, hey, thank you, Will. I certainly appreciate that. Uh, there's plenty of, to go around. Football is king, and, and there's uh, you can't get enough of it. The fans love it. Uh, so, yeah, there's enough space for everybody here in the uh, NFL sphere. Uh, certainly, I uh, want to thank you for coming by the Bowtie Chronicles. Uh, good young man. I always, uh, you know, try to be, um, you know, reach out and help the, you know, folks. And uh, Will's, uh, Will's been uh, hard at work on the grind here. So give that man a follow and uh, maybe we'll come back and have him back a couple times this season. We'll see how everything shakes out for, for him and us. So with that, we're going to... Um, we're going to get out of here and start packing for New York. Uh, five days of uh, New York. A lot of football. Looking forward to it. Please come back to AJC.com for our coverage. Uh, so with that, we're going to ask you to take care and enjoy the rest of this week and get ready for some Monday Night Football. Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh, 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 oh,